What if you feel like you got married too young or too fast? You rushed into things and now you find yourself thinking, Buyer's remorse? Yeah. <laughs> what if what if that's you? Was that you? No. <laughs> you knew what you were buying. There's I've had moments of that. No, I'm kidding. No, I mean Excuse I think me. no, I, I don't know. It's an honest thing. I think there's been moments where have you never thought like, whoa, we got married pretty young, or whoa, maybe we shouldn't have Maybe rushed in. We dated for a long time, though. Girl, I've, I've been I've been in on the Selena train, hook, line, and sinker to mix analogies <laughs> since day zero. All right, before before you even knew my name, before Rysel was said, a thing, I said that woman is wife material, and I would be a fool to think anything else. True. But not everyone has that level of clarity. <laughs> so today, I feel like it's a legitimate question to ask. Yes. What if I feel like I got married too young? How am I, how am I to deal with this dissonance in my mind? So we're going to discuss that on the other side. You know, you mentioned having kind of this hesitation after the fact, buyer's remorse. And, and I, I was pretty cavalier. There's been times when I thought, well, maybe we went too fast. I never questioned you, but cause we got married when we were 20 and 21. Yeah. And I think, well, and I think our theology like has, I don't want to say evolved, but we've become more clear in our beliefs and our beliefs are yeah. a big thing when we're not in agreement on well, those. We were sipping and that baby's milk when we got married and now we're eating some steak. Well, <laughs> I'm just saying that like, know, if, if you're not if you're, if happiness is the ultimate goal and pleasure is the ultimate goal mm. and little, as little conflict as possible, if those are the goals, those are the gods that we're going to worship and serve and try to get, then I think you're already at a, the wrong starting point. You're going to make those questions mm. are going to come automatically. It's like a hot knife through butter. <laughs> Selena, getting right to the core of the issue. <laughs> well done, wife. Well done. So before we get into that, my name is Ryan's my lovely wife, Selena. If you're new here, welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. We love, love, love to have new people on the visiting, listening to the podcast, watching. Love, love. Love, love, love. If you are on YouTube, <laughs> hit that subscribe button. If you're not on YouTube, you're listening, get on over there. Hit the subscribe button. Or just hit the five star rating. It's, or that's that, yeah. Too. If there's a sixth star, go for that one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you for thank you. joining thank us. You. If you want to partner with us, that's one of the main ways that we're able to keep this ministry sustainable. The yes. Lord has been gracious through our patrons on Patreon. So I want to say welcome to, we have some new ones. We're getting new ones by the week, actually. Praise God. And we're almost to 300. We have 299 patrons. Wow. Of them, the newest are Allie and Brady L. Welcome to the two of you. Christopher Ryan M. What a wonderful middle name, Christopher (laughs) Ryan. Christina M. Welcome. Valentina. Welcome. And Angelica M. Welcome to the Fierce Family patrons. There you go. There it is. Okay. Okay, so this came. This uh, topic came from a, a a listener. A listener. If you want to ask a question, you can do that. Uh, we do make it through these questions periodically when we see themes arise. If you want to ask a question, go to fiercemarriage.com slash ask, A-S-K, and that will lead you to a form. You can either text a question in, you can fill out the form, or you can call in if you feel like, <laughs> you, you know, we, we haven't gotten any voicemails in a while. Yeah. This question comes from Jay. Selena, do you want to read Jay's question? Or should I read it since it's from a man? Probably that. Okay. <laughs> That's right. All right. So here's what he said. I love my wife and I'm happy with her, but here it comes. I feel like I got married too fast. I miss meeting new people and first dates, but I also feel like I got married because I felt lonely and I tend to have feelings of divorcing her. When she does things I find annoying, when she doesn't do things a wife does, when she expects me to do what a husband should do. 
What should I do? Thank you, Jay, for the question. Um, there, it's a loaded question. There's mm-hmm. a lot of terms that Jay is using. Um, and it seems to me that maybe they're being used in a haphazard fashion. Yeah, possibly a bit flippant. Yes. And so what I want to do is I want to look at this pragmatically. I want to look at it theologically. I want to look at it honestly. My, I, so my dad, um, some of you listeners, longtime listeners will know this. My dad is a 35-year psychologist, mm-hmm. right? Maybe 40 years at this point. Really loved my dad. I, I respect him a lot. And when this came in, I said, Dad, what would you say? You know, because we get people riding in. Dad, what would you say? And my dad's response was just chef's kiss. <laughs> he goes, you know what I'd say to Jay? <laughs> he goes, I'd say, you bought the boat, buddy. You got to float it, which mm-hmm. is just like you made your bed. Now you got to sleep in it. That's how covenant works. That's how covenant works. And that's what marriage is. Now, this is this a reasonable question for Jay to be asking, given what my dad just said? I think it's reasonable in the sense that it's understandable. It's understandable. And how? why, why is it understandable? Because I understand it because most people get into marriage without understanding truly what covenant is, without knowing what they're actually getting into, without knowing what they're committing to. Well, also without I, knowing what love is, without knowing what it's going to be like, which. Also, you can't know some of the things you can, right. you know, read up and do as much research as you can. Um, but some of that stuff you just have to experience on your own. And so I guess, you know, I'm, I'm with your dad and like, yeah, you bought the boat. You got to like deal with it. But then that doesn't, I mean, how much is that actually promoting like love and covenant too, right? He's, t- your dad's addressing commitment. Like you've made this commitment and now you need to stick to it. And so mm-hmm. this whole, all of these feelings of like you're happy with her or you feel like you need to get divorced sometimes because she does things that are annoying or you, you guys miss each other's well, expectations. Like that's just marriage. I mean, and really. the biggest lie that you can believe is that that's somehow not going to be the same case into right. the next marriage, that you're right. not going to feel these same exact that you things. You think divorce is going to just magically change everything and it'll be better. But that, or again, the next a marriage lie. will yeah. somehow change it. And the reality is wherever you go, there, there you are. are. Yeah. And you're the factor. They're the common factors. So what we need to do in these cases, we need to look at the underlying assumptions that are actually giving rise to an occasion for these types of questions to come up in one's heart and one's mind. Okay. So this question gets at the core of what marriage is, which then gets at the core to the heart of three foundational pillars, right? And so these are the foundational pillars of marriage, love, covenant, and gospel, and or the rock that is Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. himself. Okay, so if you how how you define and how you view love, how you view covenant, how you view Christ and your relationship to Him and with Him is going to inform how you view marriage far more than any other thing informs marriage and your view of marriage. So I just want to spend some time talking about these three things, yeah. So that then we come back to this question and say, now what does what should I do? Which yeah, and I think understanding like what are your beliefs as a couple around the ideas of covenant, of love, and of the gospel because. a lot of, I think, freedom and and joy and courage and strength, I think, to kind of walk out marriage when it felt annoying or expectations were missed. It came from rightly understanding these three pillars and being in yeah. agreement on them as a couple. So covenant, um, what is covenant? And, you know, one really clear visual you can use to, to basically lay down the magnitude or at least communicate the magnitude of what covenant is, is, is I forget who it was, but it was Cortez maybe who Mm -hmm. they landed on the shores of Central America or, you know, North America, Mexico, I think. 
they landed on they landed on shores of wherever they were headed, and as the soldiers were headed out to to war, he turned around and burned the ships. Mm-hmm. We have an episode called "Burn the Ships," and what that does is and, and do that in your mind and say this this ship has sailed. We are married. Mm-hmm. There's no like this vehicle. This we're careening down the highway at 120 miles an hour. Getting out is the worst thing for me to do. <laughs> That's the that's yeah. the image of covenant that right. I think is really helpful. Now, images are only worth something so long as they represent truth. So, what is covenant biblically? How do we understand it? What how does God view covenant? Mm. This has to drive our definition of it, not just cute, absolutely you know helpful images or cute anecdotes, but really how does God view it, and how are we to then submit to it by His grace? So, I, I just want to read a passage that I think very clearly shows how God God views covenant. Um, Selena, this comes from Ezekiel 16, starting in verse 59. Do you mind reading that for us? I shall. I do not mind. For thus says the Lord God, I will deal with you as you have done. You who have despised the oath in breaking the covenant, yet I will remember my covenant with you in the days of your youth, and I will establish for you an everlasting covenant. Then you will remember your ways and be ashamed when you take your sisters, both your elder and your younger, and I give them to you as daughters, but not on account of the covenant with you. I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall know that I am the Lord, that you may remember and be confounded, and never open your mouth again because of your shame. When I atone for you all that you have done, declares the Lord God. So Ezekiel's a prophet. There we go. He's speaking prophetically, warning God's people like he has been throughout this book. And here he's speaking as God's mouthpiece, saying that basically you've betrayed this. God is talking to his people, saying, you betrayed me. We had a covenant. You broke it. Yeah. And because of that, you will bear the consequences of breaking that covenant. However, I will still hold it on my end. I will still uphold it. And in the book of Hebrews, it's talking about how God, he didn't have anything bigger than himself to swear upon. So God literally <laughs> swear, swore upon himself that he would make good of the covenant right. with Abraham. That he, he not only split the calf, but he walked through it. He paid the price and then guaranteed it with himself mm. that he would fulfill the covenant. as an unconditional covenant. <clears throat> So we have a God who's covenantal. Covenant is one of the most prevalent themes throughout scripture. And for sure, it's the most prevalent theme in terms of how God relates to his people. And now he is telling us as married people, yeah. and Jesus said this, he said in Mark 10, 9, what God has brought together, let man not put asunder, that he is ratifying these covenants. In other words, we are to view our covenant with each other in marriage as God views his covenant with his own people. Mm. And that same picture is even more vivid when we realize that we are the church, Christ's bride, his yeah. covenantal bride. He is our bridegroom. And that covenant will be brought into its full consummation on the second coming of Christ. Mm-hmm. Like it's all covenant. Mm. And so people, many times young folks will get married. They have no concept of what covenant is. I don't is. even think we had it. We knew what commitment was. We were all in no. from the beginning. There was no questions, no wondering if we... You know, I didn't feel, I didn't Mm. think there was any buyer's remorse, but we definitely didn't know a lot. Again, you can only know so much and you can only experience so much, but I I think if we would have been taught these things, I think it would have brought, I don't know, would have given us more solid start. You know, in my mind, I, God was gracious. It, to me, it was a done deal. Like it was done. Right. And my my dad drilled that into my head at a young age. Like, Hey, when you get married, it's done, pal. Like deal with it, which I really appreciate. We're doing that with our girls right now. Um, but the point is, is, is yeah, lots of people, lots of folks don't understand what covenant is, so they take it very lightly. So they begin asking these questions yeah. and throwing the word divorce around. It's like, what if God did that? What if God said, you know what? When you show up, you know, and you're standing at the pearly gates and you're or before the judgment throne, and you're you're banking on 
Christ interceding on your behalf. And Jesus turns around and looks at you and you say, hey, Jesus, I place my faith in you. I trust you. I followed you. You are my savior. And he says, actually, you know what? One of those times you annoyed me. I made it. <laughs> Just kidding. Do you remember when you were annoying? <laughs> Do you remember when, uh, do you remember when you didn't do the things that you should have done? That you said you were going to do or. He says, you know what? Our, our covenant's off. My deal's off. Mm. Get away from me. Mm. I no longer want you in relationship like I said I did. Which That's is a huge, key. a huge message of love right there, right? Like, or a, a denial of love. In what oh, we're yeah, talking it's about. Completely like, antithetical to, right. to love is, and that's, it's. Love is well, is, the right understanding of love because yeah. many of us think of love in that way. And we'll get into love more specifically in a minute, but I mean, just let that sink in. The thought that you have a covenantal God that we take so for granted that mm-hmm. he is going to give you grace. He's going to give you forgiveness. He's going to call mm-hmm. you his own. He's going to adopt you into his family. He's going to bless you generation to generation. You know, those who have the fear of the Lord, he said, he's going to do all these things. Now, what if all of a sudden he's not going to do those things? Mm-hmm. Changed his mind. Now, he said he would, and he will. And our same God has called us to let our yes be yes and our no be no. And when you stood on the altar before God, before your spouse, before your pastor, before those witnesses and said, I do, You're, you said you would. This is covenant. Your yes needs to be yes, even when you don't feel like letting yeah. your yes be yes. Yeah. It's done. That's what covenant is. Now, why is it this way? Well, it's for our, our own flourishing. I want to read a re- an excerpt from our book, um, Fierce Marriage. This was published back in 2018, I believe, 2019. Well, somewhere around there. <laughs> it's been a long time. Um, it's You can find it anywhere books are sold. Uh, it says this, Your marriage covenant is as important to God as his own covenants with his beloved people. He cares about your marriage because he cares about you. The marriage covenant is not an arbitrary framework invented to make your life harder. It's God's design for human flourishing and a tool he uses to mold you and your spouse into images of Christ. God's covenant with his chosen people, his beloved, is likened repeatedly to a marriage. And that's where we read the passage from Ezekiel 16. And it's as if God, like a spurned spouse, he speaks with an intense love, emotion, and commitment as one who loves covenantally and Mm -hmm. desperately desires that covenant to be Fulfilled. Fulfilled on both sides. So why is covenant there? Did God just do it arbitrarily? Did he just do it to make our lives harder? Because, you know, he figured, you know, these people are going to be prone to wanting multiple first dates. They want to have multiple partners. They want to have excitement. Well, I don't want them to have that. So I'm going to put a covenant around this thing. No, God put it there because it's, it's part of his nature and it's how we flourish when we fall into his design. design. Yeah, It's because he loves us. Yeah. Which brings us to the next big pillar. So we've talked about covenant. Let's talk about love. Yeah. So. I don't know if I'd put these in, in this order, but because it all, I mean, and we'll I would, formulate I that's it at the end. But I'm saying the gospel needs to start this conversation. But isn't the gospel kind of the outpouring of the covenant and the love of God? Well, I think you, it's the, if you it's don't the understand, telos, the end point. if you don't understand the gospel, how do you understand covenant rightly? So. We have ourselves the chicken and the egg scenario. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's good. So Jay, Jay said this. So, he says, I'm happy with her yeah. and, I, and I love my wife, but then I feel like I got married too fast. So he says, I love my wife. Does he though? Right. Does, Again, does this it, question it, it, sound are we talking about, are we sh- having this shared meaning of what love mm. is? Are we defining it correctly? Because Jay, buddy, we have so many people that write in and say, man, I wish my spouse loved me or I wish I felt loved. Uh, in my marriage, 
And I mean, if you're like, man, I love my wife, but like, then I question whether or not you're actually loving your wife or if she just makes you feel good and you feel like you love her. Yeah. That's, that's the confusion is that love is an, is an objective thing, right? So we oftentimes treat love as if it is an adjective describing how I feel yeah. as opposed to an action describing how I should act. Right. And so love is an action and it's, here's the thing. It's not defined by us. It's defined externally from us. God has defined love. God has defined love. He's also executed love perfectly in that he's shown us love. And then now through the power of the Holy Spirit has given us the ability to Mm -hmm. love the way he loves. So how did God define love? First Corinthians 13, great place to start. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not boast. It's not self-serving. It seeks, it it, love hopes all things, endures all things, believes all things. Like it's all these things that are objective. Yeah. It's not love is great feelings. Love is. Love feels good. Love is exciting. Love is. Love is exciting. <laughs> love is exciting. Yeah. So I think we've subjectivized love and we've thought, well, I, I need to love. live my truth. Again, that's a subjective statement. I need to love myself. I need to love and I need, I need to feel love in a way that I identify love to be. And many people just mean I just need to feel puppy love again. Right. We just need um, to submit to God's yeah. definition of love. and. But, understand yeah. what it means and what it means to live underneath that. Here's the promise though. There's so much goodness to be had, so much far better goodness to be had by living out God's design for love than letting ourselves dictate what it is. And in that goodness yeah, played out over time, that's when you see the real beautiful picture of a marriage, a covenantal marriage, we've learned to live out love. We often say that marriage is like an arena. Like we, we are in, in a Colosseum. And it's you and your spouse and you're there and you're coexisting. And at times you're, you're raising weapons at one another, fighting one another. Well, the arena is a safe place where you can figure out how to love well, how not to, to fight like that, how not to. Right. You You actually need to team up, right? What do they do? The gladiators, they would team up and they would have go back to back and they would be fighting the enemies out there. Like you rightfully Mm. see Mm. where your enemies are and who they are. We use the analogy of careening down the highway at 100 miles an hour. Actually, there was a time where I'd say one of our toughest fights, we were coming down from Canada. We had been on a short family vacation. Selena and I were not seeing eye to eye. It had been weeks of this, it felt like. And here we were arguing in the car, dealing with this, you know, th- this issue and with no escape. And so we had no choice but to... We are literally in the car. <laughs> talk it out. Yeah. And work out love and learn how to be selfless and learn how to speak with charity and to listen with charity Mm -hmm. and how to communicate hard things. We had to work through that. That's what love is. It's working through that saying, I choose to love you despite X, Y, and Z. Get in that covenant car, get in it, duke it out, figure out what love is. Remind yourselves, what is the gospel? What does it mean for our marriage? What is the purpose of our marriage? Right. Which is the third pillar. Yeah. The gospel, right? Selena thinks it should be the first. I've got it down as the third. Uh, what is the gospel? It is knowing the person and work of Jesus Christ, knowing that I'm a sinner in desperate need of grace. And mm-hmm. I have a perfect savior who's given that grace to me. Now, if marriage is covenantal and it's loving, the gospel is that and so much more. Yeah. But now my marriage is now a reflection of loving covenantal relationship here on earth. Meaning yeah. that when I am loved in my imperfection by my wife, if she says, I still love you, even if I screw up, even if I do something Miss my expectations. if I annoy her with my friendship <laughs> and she says, you know what, Ryan, I still love you. 
I will always love you. I have experienced a glimpse of what it's like to be loved mm-hmm. by God in Christ. And I also am being sanctified and learning to give that same kind of love. So marriage is a picture of this kind Reflection, of Reflection, yeah. So we need to understand what covenant is, understand what love is, understand that the gospel is and how it shows us how to live. So it teaches us how to live and love covenantally and love. Rightly. And it empowers us. Yeah, it does. God, God does that. The Holy Spirit, upon being saved, regenerates our hearts, gives us the faith to believe, and then now lives out the salvation through sanctification in our hearts. Mm-hmm. So here's our encouragement for you, Jay. Stay married and just flat out figure it out, man. Yeah. Stop looking to other places and, and stop entertaining those thoughts. I mean, take those thoughts captive. Uh those burn are, those, those ships. Yeah, burn those ships. Take the sh- thoughts captive. All right, that's number one. Number two, okay, you say you like first dates. Well, this means you like exciting dates. And Ooh, so here's the challenge. dates. Go find them. Have better dates. <laughs> I, I, I mean, we had 50. I'm talking man to man here. Don't we have, yeah, don't we have 50 in like one of our books or something? Check out the 31 Day Pursuit Challenge. The website is 31daypursuit.com, I think. I think that's what it is. Yeah, it's it's all about pursuing one another. Yeah. And in the back, there are 50 creative, cheap date ideas. Um, you know what? Just, you got to think, plan, spend a little bit of cash, yeah. invest, and just go and do it. Have another first date with your wife. Yes. Like, like she's new every morning. <laughs> Regarding the annoying things, you got to talk through it. You got to love through it. You got to be Amen. gracious and charitable in it. Uh, yeah. I used to chew really loudly when my husband and I were dating. I didn't know this about myself. And now I know this about everyone. <laughs> well, we my also have three is, little loud chewers, very, four little loud Well, chewers. my husband is very acute to sound. And so I'm learning that there are things that I do that I don't know that I do that I need his help with. And I mean, that's for everybody. Nobody wants a wife that's just yakking when they're chewing and all that. So. <laughs> <laughs> or a husband, for that matter. Definitely. I've been known to smack. On my <laughs> now I just give him a look and a smile. Time or two. <laughs> yep. Okay. A time or two. <laughs> Regarding roles, you said, uh, you know, she thinks I should do the things a husband should do, but she's not doing the things a wife should do. Yeah, well, divvy again, that up. Talk. Work that out. Yeah. You know, we we love. There's a beautiful design behind marriage. Husbands are meant to be husbands. Wives are meant to be wives. We've, there's a there's a design there. There's there are specific roles to be filled out there by each of you uniquely. And we've done podcasts on those as well. Yeah. Check those out. The encouragement roles and responsibilities. is talk about it figure it out. There's, there's plenty of resources. Look up, you know, look up good books, talk to your pastor, figure out those roles. And again, it comes back around to talk. So a tangible resource that could help you if, if you're in Jay's shoes or you are Jay, uh, the 31 day pursuit challenge or 31 day pursuit.com. Those books are from us. They're directly speaking to this issue and pursuing one another. All right. So if you're watching, we, Thank you for your time. If you don't know who Jesus is, we encourage you to find out who he is. And we want you to become a brother or sister in Christ. We want you to follow Jesus, place your faith in him. Talk to a friend who's a Christian or find a church that preaches out of the Bible. uh, Or go to our website, thenewsisgood.com. Let's pray. Our good heavenly father, we love you. Thank you for your covenantal love for us that you have not given up on us when we get annoying or when your feelings fade, which I'm sure they don't. You're unchanging. Thank you that you're unchanging, that you are the alpha, the omega and everything in between. Thank you for loving us covenantally Mm -hmm. and sending your own son to make good on that promise. So Lord, help us to be married people who make good on the promises that we've made at the altar. We said, I do through sickness and in health, through annoyance, through frustration, through everything, every manner of disappointment, we can still love covenantally. Jesus, help us to do that. Do so obediently. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen.
All right. Thanks again for giving us your time. This episode of Fierce Marriage is in the can. We'll see you again in seven days. Until next time. Stay fierce.